Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada. I'm here with Dan Rudman. And we're going to talk about a topic. You know, we could we could label it emotional blackmailing. This is a this is a a, a term that you know is it's not a Christian term. You know, it's it floats around in the secular world too, in the psychological world, in the therapy world, in the counseling world, and all sorts of worlds. You know, emotional blackmailing mm-hmm. is this is this thing. Uh, and basically, you could unpack it as unarticulated expectations are seeds for future bitterness and resentment. And so, what people yeah, will would do? Would you repeat that? Yeah. So I think it's worth repeating. Yeah, it's a great definition. Unarticulated expectations mm-hmm. are seeds for future bitterness and resentment. Yep. Good. And then what you do, and so this is where emotional blackmailing gets pulled into the mix, is is you have this expectation for someone, um, which we all do, which we all do. We all this do. is this is everybody has done this. Mm-hmm. This is everybody's done this, yeah, to varying degrees. Yep. And as Christians, we have to battle this, and so we're we're just going to talk about it today. Yeah, that's in good. This podcast. Yeah, we need to battle it. Right. Um, yep. So you have these expectations for somebody, and mm-hmm. you you have them in your heart, you have them in your head, and and over time. Somebody doesn't meet these expectations, mm. but you never told them these expectations. And so then you you start to feel offended. You start to feel bitter. You start to feel this seed of resentment like, oh, man, I uh, this person should have done this for me or did this thing or responded mm-hmm. in this way in this situation and they didn't. And, oh, you know, and you start to feel that well up in you. Yeah. And then you hold on to it and, and it grows and it grows and it grows. And then finally, let's say a year, you know, it could be who knows how long a month, a year, two years, you've been holding on to this bitterness and resentment because this person didn't meet this expectation that you have for them. But then all of a sudden you just can't hold hold it in any longer. You dump it out. Yeah. And then what you do is you hold this person hostage and you blackmail them with your emotions. Mm. You hurt me. You yeah. did this to me or you didn't do this for me. And the person goes, what are you talking about? Like, you never told me that you expected this from me yeah. or that I was supposed to do this. Yep. And then you, that's, that's where emotional blackmailing comes in. You blackmail them with your, uh, yeah. your, your hurt emotions. And can I take two steps back just real yep. quick? One of the things it was, we're not, you're emphasizing this emotional blackmail. And as you've been describing this, Sam, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's what you're describing, yeah. this emotional reality. But let me just throw one other thing in because I think it's valuable for all of us to hear is that sometimes while it's always, there's always a tie to emotions, there's also a step there that's almost like even prior to emotions or it could be a little bit different step, and that is just being critical. Yeah. Like I have an ex- – here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, as a leader yeah, or yeah. a pastor, I have an expectation of this pastor, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't meet my expectation, and now I become critical of him. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to a whole level of – there's an emotional thing here too, mm-hmm. but sometimes even apart from the emotion, I just want to say like it's all based on this expectation thing. Yeah. That's all I'm trying so, to say. Because I'm, I'm thinking, I've been yeah, in yeah. some conversations literally this week yeah. with men in ministry. Oh, we, ex- we, we've all experienced this we experience, Especially in ministry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you stand up there and you're kind of exposing yourself and some of your thinking and things you're working through. Yep. And then somebody out there has some expectation. They think you're supposed to do it a certain way or yeah. say it a certain way. Or, do or you know, the church they went at were at five years ago, their pastor, you know, preached like this or whatever. Yeah. And again, yeah. they may not even be consciously thinking of that grid in their mind. Exactly. They just know that you didn't. And they may not, may not even be thinking of it in terms of expectations, but the point, I'm just trying to make a point, that's what it is. That's what it is. And then you put that, you project that onto them. Yep. 
well, that man can't meet and then this you thing in your head. I can imagine, you know, some just smaller to mid pushing mid sized church of two, 250, 300 people, and you got 300 people sitting there with expectations. Yeah. How can one man stand up and meet all that? Yeah. It's really, really, think about it. That's why I'm saying it in the podcast, everybody listening. Yeah. Like, you realize this happens to every right? pastor? Every pastor and leaders in ministry all the time. All the time. And we'll get to the point. It doesn't mean there isn't a place to actually have an honest conversation with somebody that you're concerned about something or you're yeah. thinking something. But every person in that room has a grid of expectations, and yep. then they put it on somebody, and it's just stinking unfair. <laughs> it's just not fair. It's yeah. not fair. Not fair, and man, does it cause problems. Right, and so now you're going to the level. Let me go. We, I can go back to where you were at. You're saying that there's also... Well, also, but what happens a lot is then now there's this emotional enmeshment oh, in here, yeah. and you emotionally feel justified yeah. to hold this person to your expectation. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Go hold ahead. them hostage. Yeah. And then, you, and then you, you, you just imagine the scene, like, you know, the person blackmailing somebody. They throw the pictures out on the table. Look, I got you. And, yep. and, and they're throwing their emotions out. You offended me. I felt this way. Yeah. And you're like, well... <laughs> So this is really interesting. It's fascinating. We and this it's so subtle, and I think there's some people that 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 struggle with this type of uh, sin or, or or reality more sure. than others. And it's likely those people that are um, that are maybe more extroverted. Mm. Uh, th- there's this you know the 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 common lingo is FOMO, fear yeah. of missing out. Yeah, I've heard that. So you may, you may have to flesh that out for yeah. some people. Yeah. So what's the connection? Maybe well, it's more generational. Yeah, yeah. It, my there, generation, I don't think. Yeah. There's certain that. people that just they love to be included. They love to be a part of the group, the party, the whatever it is, okay. the the get together. And they call that what? And and if they're not invited to that, and yep. if they're not a part of that, then oh man, are their feelings hurt? So they then wrestle with this fear of missing out. That's what FOMO, it's called. Fear of missing out. FOMO. It's an acronym. And people are isn't that interesting? Now. Sam, maybe where I'm, I'm getting ahead of this, so some people wouldn't know. These these podcasts, we talk about a topic, but then you said you wanted to talk about this. Yeah. And so I, I don't have an outline sitting there. Right, no, right? we never have an outline. Right, really. we're, we're rolling. Yeah. So, so as we're talking here, though, so maybe I'm getting ahead of the outline in your head or something, but like social media, let's just use that yeah. term, totally fuels this whole thing. Oh, horribly. And maybe that's why horribly. all of this stuff is a bigger deal than when, oh. than my, when I would say your age, right? Like, yeah. like you know, I got 25, what, now you see the, now you see the you. picture yeah. of your friend at this thing that you weren't invited to. Yeah, there you And go. you're like, oh. And or, then, the, or the expectation thing. Let's go back to that. You know, I went to YouTube and I saw this 10-minute clip of whoever my, whoever, give whoever your favorite pastor. And they said, boom. I'm like, yeah, but dude, you're not like with that pastor every week, all the time. You never met the guy in your life. And that 10 minutes doesn't really fully represent him. I remember, yeah. you know, I remember one guy, in fact, yeah, just so we don't feed that whole machine. I don't want to feed it. But one guy you, that some people wouldn't even imagine. So we had a good friend that passed away here, young guy, died of cancer here a few years ago. Joel Tigreen. I'll mention mm-hmm. Maybe that's yeah. a name that I'll That's a, actually a name that has some people are floated around the world, so, so Joel used to hang out in my house with my yeah. son. Yeah. I knew him before he knew the Lord, and it's a fascinating story. Once again, one of these guys that, you know, yeah, I knew Joel. I talked to him yeah, often. Yeah. You know, he was in Turkey as a missionary. Had to come back to the States, he and his wife and his all his little kids, and um, and the Lord took him really young yeah. you know, with cancer. And so anyway, but he was telling me some certain names that might surprise everybody, so I won't do anything crazy and they would call him 
and he said, you'd be surprised. He called me. He called me twice, and he prayed for my—he asked God to supernaturally heal me. He says, nobody would think that's the guy that would do that. <laughs> but it's just people you wouldn't think. You're right. And it's like—I it's yeah. like, um, guess my point is, is people think they know yeah. because they saw something on YouTube. Yeah. I'm just talking about the social media thing. Yep. You don't know this guy. You don't know this guy. And so now people have expectations. Yeah. They're like, well, you don't, well, here's you what, don't preach like so-and-so. Let's talk about one that just recently happened. We don't need to make a big deal, but the Alistair Big thing. Yeah. Like, I went and listened to his follow-up, his post, you know, after all this stuff hit the fan. Yep. With the wedding thing. And I went and listened to his message. And it was so humble. And, again, you could walk away, and he gave you great freedom to go, you could disagree with my advice, but this is why I did what I did. Yeah. And you totally understood it. I yeah. sat there, and I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. And he even said, maybe I was too grandfatherly, but I was just, you know, I'm going to yeah. lean towards compassion rather than condemnation. Yeah. But it wasn't a violation of convictions of how he sees what marriage is, marriage or sexuality yeah. or any of that. He's been incredibly strong about that. And he still was strong about it. This mm -hmm. was a separate almost issue. Like, what's this grandmother do? What's the best thing to mm -hmm. do there? And it was kind of a hard situation. Mm -hmm. And he was even willing to admit. And he said it publicly. Some of his elders disagreed. And he'd say, yeah, maybe maybe I gave some wrong advice, but that wasn't a violation of some yeah. biblical conviction that I actually hold to. That yeah. was that was yeah. a different, right? And you you have to nuance that. You yeah. have to understand that, right? I'm just saying, but everybody was ready to jump yep. and blast. Yep. I'm like, people need to chill. So back yeah, to your yeah, emotional yeah. If we, if we just If we dial it back and just think, let's just start with this idea of, our concept of expectations in general. Yeah. And it's such an interesting thing. Like, I I mean, I haven't really thought deeply a lot about it, but when you just start to think about in your own soul, in your own mind, expectations. You, yeah. you mean you have expectations for yourself. So, you you know, you might you might be a teenager and you might be thinking, man, uh, I, I expect to one day be a doctor or a lawyer or this or have this big of a house or drive this type of car or have this type of wife or if you're a woman, have this type of husband and five kids and, you know, this nice, beautiful ranch and whatever. So you have all these expectations that you have for yourself and and depending on how how tightly you hold on to those expectations, it could produce in the future you know um could produce disappointment i mean because if if you were dead set that you're going to do this thing or be this person or have these experiences or make this amount of money or whatever it might be and that doesn't actually play out well man you're gonna be disappointed so we all experience this in varying degrees we all have ex we've all had expectations for ourselves we still have expectations for my uh, for ourselves and and we we project into the future a certain image that we you know have for ourselves. So this this happens even with our with our own selves. Now think of how much more in 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 a varying degrees you you have a, a certain sense of autonomy over your life. And I don't I don't mean this in that you are uh, you're not <laughs> under the sovereignty of God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you you make your de your decisions and yeah. and you have a level of control in varying degrees of, of how your life turns out. Mm -hmm. So now, if you can't meet your own expectations for yourself, <laughs> how much more, yeah. <laughs> how much more, like, are other people not going to be able to meet your expectations for yourself, for for them or whatever? Yeah. Like, and that's kind of the point. So people are going to fail to meet our expectations all the time, all the, every day. And, and, yeah. You have to ask yourself the question, 
first of all, is this even an expectation that I should have of this person? L let's l let alone now voicing that expectation to them. You have to first ask, is this even a valid expectation? Hmm. So let's just say, you know, I, I, I gave kind of the definition in the beginning that, you know, un, unarticulated expectations are, are seeds for future resentment and bitterness. Right. Okay. Well, now let's just say you articulate the expectation. Great. But let's, but that person might have the ability to say, well, that's unrealistic. I can't meet that. That's not a good expectation. And I'm not going to meet that for you. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with that, you know, depending on what mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Now, certainly, this is where um, certain, like, this is where covenant is very important. So in the marriage covenant, mm -hmm. there actually are expectations that that should be met. Mm. Indeed, you even say vows. Yeah. Voicing those expectations. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. When, the, when you are, you know entering into this covenant of marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I will I love you, you know, through uh, health and, and, and sickness, till death do us part, you know, mm -hmm. poor, rich, you know, whatever it is. I don't know the vows off the top of my mind. But nonetheless, those are, those are expectations that you are voicing or you're articulating that uh, I expect you to love me when I'm sick or when I'm healthy, when I'm rich or when I'm poor. Uh, if I get disabled or if I'm, you know, super rigorous and help, like mm -hmm. we're entering into this covenant. So those are voiced. And so in a marriage covenant, there, are, there is this reality of, okay, there are these expectations that should be met. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to hold on to bitterness and resentment and things like that. But no, and you got to be careful about those expectations even in marriage. Though, yeah. Sam. I mean, there are certain things within the covenant. You're right. But there's some things, this is stuff we all have to work out that we put on a spouse that really is not appropriate. Not appropriate, right. We do that. We could do that. Yeah. Right? I mean, it really can happen. In fact, I was thinking of this definition we were talking about earlier. Um, it was written, I think it originally was written by John Piper, so yep. it might be popular in certain ways. I've seen it requoted numerous right. times, but I think it's a great thing. But to think about this, emotional blackmail happens when a person equates his or her emotional pain with another person's failure to love, mm. and they aren't the same. Mm. Because a person may love well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah. So even in a spouse, a spouse could actually may be doing pretty decent. And the beloved still feel hurt and use the hurt to blackmail the lover into admitting guilt he or she does not have. Yeah. And that's the key is it's like guilt. Yeah. And it's like, so in, in a marriage, you could say, you know, I did, it's not an issue of guilt here. I do understand that you were hurt by yeah. what I did and I want to work on that because I'd rather not hurt you. Yep. But that's a different between that and admitting guilt, like yeah. you literally did something that needs to be repented of. Right. Now, sometimes that is true, the two, right. though, right? But here's black. So, so I love how he says a person may love well and the beloved still feel hurt and use the hurt to blackmail the lover into admitting guilt he or she does not have. So, emotional blackmail says, if I feel hurt by you, you are guilty. Yeah. And that's really a cultural phenomenon. Poof. I, this happened just this week with um, um, uh, Winsome Sears. Yeah. Did you see this? No. Like, like okay, so um, okay, so when this happened just this last week with Winsome Sears, she's lieutenant governor of Virginia, and she's just doing her business mm -hmm. in the Congress, and there happens to be one of these guys that you know transgender, okay. who's, who's adopted a, a woman, you know, um, identity, mm -hmm. and in her talking, she used the word sir, 
okay, sir. And she went on. She wasn't, she was just talking. He was offended because he was quote unquote misgendered and he walked out. And it shut down the entire, <laughs> the entire deal. Of course. Of and course. It was unbelievable. No, that may be an extreme, but it's the same idea that I was just, you know, right. talking about is that if I feel hurt by you, you are guilty. You're guilty automatically. And this happens all the time. Yeah. It's like, I'm not responsible for your emotions. Right. I'm actually not. Right. So there's no defense. The hurt person has become God. His emotion has become judge and jury. Yeah. I'm reading definition again. Truth does not matter. All that matters is the sovereign suffering of the aggrieved. It is above question. The emotional device is a great evil. Piper says, I've seen it often in my three decades of ministry, and I'm eager to defend people who are being wrongly indicted by it. Yeah. Absolutely. So my feelings are hurt, so therefore yep. you must be guilty. And so you're even saying, Sam, even... Like there's almost a step before the emotion. My expectations were met, so you must be guilty. Right. And it could be the problem is well, and usually, and usually my feelings, my feelings are hurt because you didn't meet my expectations. Right. In some right. Way. But even then, what you're saying is, I need to. My expectations, my expectations, and I, in in many respects, I have no right to put my expectations on you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying within a covenant, I'm kind of repeating what I think right, I hear you right. saying. Sometimes there are proper there are expectations, expectations yeah, yeah. that are proper. Yeah, yeah. With a husband, say a husband and a wife or yep. you know, a parent or whatever. Right. But so much of this yep. is just inappropriate. Yep, exactly. I have to own my own expectations and I yep. can't put that on yeah. you. So I, I think that's what you're saying. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so we, we have to, what what each individual Christian has to do, when, I mean, each individual person, I mean, this is something that non-believers deal with too, <laughs> but you have to... <laughs> You have to be willing to, one, go with the flow of things. Uh, you have no idea what today is going to bring. You might, I mean, you might be a husband going out to work. When you come home, you have this expectation of what's gonna, what the home is going to look like when you get there. Yeah. You know, maybe it's going to, I left it and it was going to, it was nice and clean and I expect it to be nice and clean when I yeah. get home. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I expect my husband or my wife to greet me in this way when I get home Yeah. or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Or I expect my kids to be doing such yeah. and such a thing when I get home. <laughs> I expect people to drive properly. Yeah. 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 I expect people to drive properly. I expect, I, you know, all sorts of things. And then guess what? We live in a, a world of change and flux and, th- and you have no idea what the future is going to bring. You have not a clue. Can I throw depravity in the middle? And, depra- <laughs> and depravity is right in the middle of it all. <laughs> and so you, you really think that, that, I mean, you got to be able to just roll a little bit yeah, and not get so bent out of shape when things don't go the way you expected yeah, them to go. Exactly. And that's you, good. you got to just, that's the thing. Go with the flow. Humility. Humility. It, absolutely. It's, you know, humility. And again, I'm thinking because I've had these discussions with men in ministry this week. And I've had to have tough discussions in my life in ministry where I actually disagreed with somebody yeah. that I loved and cared for. I've had this. You know this, Sam. I went through a real disruption a number of years ago. And I actually cared and loved these men. Yeah. yeah. I actually disagreed. Yeah. And I had to find figure out, like, how do I have an honest conversation with yeah. you? Say, I'm actually disagreeing with a position or a right. decision. But I don't want to be the guy that's here throwing rocks all the time. Yeah. That's not my goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm, I'm glad I get to say that in a podcast because I hope people would hear that. Because yeah. Because I'm like, no, I don't want to be the guy that's always, because there's always people, these people that are criticizing guys and pastors and taking shots. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know what they're dealing with. You de- you you saw that as you were involved with a church plant with a, with a 
fellow pastor. Yeah. And you saw behind the scenes, like, no, he's got five different parts of this discussion that he's dealing with. And most people only know of two of the parts. Yeah, yeah. They don't actually know what actually is happening. And this is where you see this play out a lot because, you know, Piper, you know, he, like you said, after three decades of pastoral ministry, you see this a lot. And you see this all the time with pastors. Yep. Because, uh, you know, you're at a church and the, the members of the church can have this expectation of their pastor that yep. he is going to take care of me yeah. in every way. He's going to be here for me all the time. Right. He's going to give me all this time and attention and he's going to, you know, he's going to disciple me and blah, 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 yeah. whatever. And varying degrees of, of specificity, you have mem- church members build this expectation for their pastor. And where I like to draw the, the, the analogy or the parallel is like, oh, let's just think about Jesus here for a second and the, the ministry and life of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So and we you, talked about this you, earlier. So yeah, let's we go, talked let's about this. Go here. I like this, this. Is, this is really put in context. For yeah, people. let's do it. So Jesus, okay, he is he's fully man. You know, he's he's God in the flesh. So we know, obviously, that Jesus is without sin. Everything that he did, every conversation he had, every every word that he spoke, every thought that he, th- you know, yeah, thunk, <laughs> uh, every desire that he felt was perfect and righteous all the time. There was no interaction that he had with another human being that wasn't, on, by his part, righteous and holy. Right. So there's no sin in his life. He has no sin. Great. And we need that to be true because we need him to be <laughs> our, our substitute because we are certainly sinful. So... Let's just think about his life for a second. You know, he 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 chooses twelve disciples. Now, obviously, that I always envision that. Yeah. yeah, he chooses twelve disciples. So even just let's just flesh out that scenario for a second here. Like, obviously, yeah, he's choosing twelve disciples, um, and that's a parallel with the twelve tribes of Israel because Christ is, you know, true Israel. Got it, got it. But there is a practicality about this too. Uh, and people know this. Researchers know this. Like, there's only so many people that you can have a deep relationship with, and and actually pour into. Yeah. So, in all reality, he's only investing deeply into twelve guys. Yeah. Which means he there was a lot of people he didn't choose. There's a lot of people that he passed over and said, "No, I'm choosing Peter and not Joe or whatever." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm choosing. Um, I mean, you. <laughs> Even think about Judas, but nonetheless, so there, there, there are so many people that he he did not choose to be in his inner circle. And then this is the fascinating thing: you go to the lists of the of the apostles. There's, there's only a few lists in, in the in the New Testament, and and they're always they're always uh, uh, split up in in three groups of four. Yep, in the same the same groups, but. Go ahead. Right, exactly. And the and the and the four guys are always in the same group. Now, the first group, Peter's always at the head of the first group. And when you study through the gospels, right. you realize that actually that first group of four, and especially the th- the first three of that group of four, Peter, James, and John. Yeah. And then I think Andrew's a part of it too. But Peter, James, and John, three guys are talked about the most. Uh, they have the most interactions with Jesus. Uh, they they speak the most most words in the Gospels. Yeah, and Peter, the most of the most, you know. Yep. So there is a there is a, a hierarchy here, which is fascinating. Yeah. J- Jesus invests the most time 
in 12, and then of the 12, in 4, and then of the 4, 3, and then of the 3, 1. <laughs> and You know another interesting thing about that, Sam? Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, but here's another part of it. Did you know this? Um, not only is it three groups of four, yeah, but actually in each group it's always... The same leader in the same, same leader. Same I group. knew that. Yep. So you're bringing it up. The first one was Peter. Yep. But then you drop down. You'd in it. Would, so you got four names. Yep. Then you drop down to the fifth name. It's always Philip. Yep. And then you drop down, and it's always um, James, the son of Alphaeus. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like there were these. And there's leaders within the groups. Within the groups. Yeah. Right. And I've always envisioned. I've always envisioned. I know it didn't quite work this way out, but you sort of envision like this whole group of people. Let's say there's 50 people standing there, and Jesus going, going, okay, I'm gonna choose you. Yep. And then he, his finger goes past Peter or four and picks somebody up. Yep. It's like you're not on the team. You're not on right. the team. I'm picking my team. Yep. And think of how many times you know in the ministry of Jesus. Read the Gospels. Just read them and yeah. just think about this. Like, okay, yeah. the, a person gets healed or or has an interaction with Jesus. They, yeah. Jesus, let me follow you. Let me, let me basically be a part of your inner group. Yeah. No. You go back to your hometown and tell them what Jesus, what yep, God yep. has done for you. You know, this another one I wonder if it's similar is when remember Mother James and John. I was looking at that. Yeah, that's 20. huge. Hey, I want my I want my sons to be up there, right, right and your left. And listen, listen. Remember what he says to her. Yep. Uh, Jesus said to her, "You do not know what you're asking." Yeah. <laughs> and you are able to make the you know the the suffering that I'm about to take. You know, honestly. Uh, yeah, uh, so anyway, the point was is that that's not. That's not for you to decide. Yep. Actually, it's not for me to it's decide. It's the Father's authority to, yep. to decide who sits on my right and my left. Now, this is the interesting thing about that. I yeah. love this, that that passage. Yeah. Because Jesus... She's talking about John and James. Go John ahead. and James, yeah. thons, sons of thunder. Yeah, sons of thunder. <laughs> I love that, too. You would love that. Oh, man. And uh, this is what's so great about it, is he doesn't... He doesn't... He acknowledges that it's a it's a good question. Yeah. It's a valid question. Sure. Actually, there 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 are there's going to be two people that sit on my right and my left. Yeah. Which means, think about this: of all the billions of Christians, yeah, of all the billions of Christians over over yep. there, there will be two. There will yep. be only two that sit at the right and left Isn't hand of Jesus. Oh man. Talk about unmet expectations. Yes. I mean, here's a perfect example. If you have this expectation that you're going to be the buddy-buddy with Jesus in the new heavens and the new yeah. earth forever, no, only two are going to be right on his right and left. Yeah. Only good. two. That's good. So check your expectations a bit here. Now, that's Jesus. Let's go back to our pastor now. Well, yeah. I, I could even say, like, let's just ex imagine that some of the disciples, even within the inner circle of the 12, right. Jesus, we had this expectation of you that you were going to bring us up on the mountain trans of transfiguration and, and show us your glory. Well, how come you only chose Peter, James, and John? What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? And you're going to you're gonna emotionally blackmail Jesus? Isn't that interesting? No. That's the point. Jesus did nothing wrong there. Right. He's righteous and perfect. Right. He chose to bring these three up there. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. So... <laughs> <laughs> and oh man and, and Peter does this too Peter puts his foot in his mouth uh, John 21 is one of my favorite passages I think it ties in too with you know Jesus is is he's reinstating Peter to the ministry you know uh, Peter do you love me Peter do you love me Peter do you love me ask him three times to, yeah. m to mirror the three times that Peter denies Christ yeah. and and then after that Jesus goes on and tells Peter how he's going to die in order to glorify him. And he says that yeah. in order to glorify me, that's how you're going to die. Yeah. And then Peter, Peter 
immediately looks over and points at John and says, well, what about him? And, and I love that. And, and Jesus is like, what about him? What, what's it to you, Peter, yep. if he never dies? Yeah. Not if your, he never dies. Not your business. Not your business. You follow me. Right. So again, expectations. Like, well, shouldn't this all be fair? Shouldn't John die in the same way I do? Or right. what's, you know. Yeah. And what you're into at that point too, Sam. Though that, that's not the, the the point of the whole uh, podcast, but you're into this whole issue of coveting, coveting, envy, and, and, and comparison, compar- comparison, and it's like no, 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 no. God knows exactly who He created me to be. He yep. knows exactly what will satisfy me. Right. You know, He gave me the wife that would absolutely satisfy me. There is no other. Right. He gave me the life. He made me the size. He gave me the IQ. He puts the stuff in my life, and, yep. and he calls me to be grateful for that. Yeah. But we're always like looking. Well, looking what around. about that over there? What about that, that over there? What about that over? There? It's like no, 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 no. You look at me. So this, me. this is what I'm supposed to do right here. Yep. And I'm supposed to be responsible for this little space. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, I realize how tiny of a space it is. Yep. It's an important space, and it has a huge influence. Yep. You know, thinking of kids and grandkids, and I'm a grandpa now, and all that sort of stuff. In one sense, it's huge, but in another sense, it's it's this space. Yep. And I don't need to look beyond this. Right. Really don't. It's just going to mess things up. Right. So the emotional blackmail, you know, is an interesting thing because people hold people up yeah. in blackmail. And, and again, you see, I, th- I still think the social media feeds it, everything. Oh, it does And it there's the sense of which me being content and me, and as we've we've said, there's a, there's a place to sit down a friend, say sit down a pastor and say, hey, you know, I heard you say this, or I saw this, and I, I'm curious about this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe should it be like this? Am I wrong? And my point is there's a place to have those honest conversations. Yeah. But I can't hold people blackmail because of my stuff. Right. So let's just take the the, the picture of Jesus and his life, and now let's apply it to a, uh, to a pastor. Okay, Jesus Jesus didn't have a wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so so here you have a, a fallen man, a, a, your pastor, you're yeah. a fallen man who's who's yeah. finite and and also is walking the Christian life and yeah. and wrestling with his sin and mm-hmm. and trying to put to death you know, his fleshly desires. Mm-hmm. He's he's weak and brittle too. Uh but he probably has a wife too and he probably has five kids, you know, whatever. Well, yeah. Like let's just Literally think about that. And uh-huh. so he has a, he has uh he has priorities. Yeah. He prioritizes his wife and he prioritizes his kids. That takes a lot of time. Yeah. And then he has to pastor this church of who knows how many people, hundred, two hundred, three hundred, right. maybe more. Yep. And and there's a lot of this is the whole thing. If you're if you're ever on the inside of like pastoral ministry, you realize yep. that there there is a lot of needy people with a lot of problems that are going to the pastor for counsel and help yep. that, that the average church member has no idea is going on. Right. No idea what what the pastor is dealing with, what type of counseling sessions he's having, right. what type of weird situations he's working with, uh, you know, beside people with on, on you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and then you and then you in your in your arrogance or whatever in your pride feel man he's not giving me enough ten- attention yeah i wish he would care for me more yeah. i wish he would invite me over to his house more i wish he would personally disciple me yeah and you go you have no idea what he's doing mm-hmm. and you think he you think he should give you more time yeah i mean holy you know, I think moly i'm sitting here chuckling sam i don't know if you see the smile on my face i'm thinking back when i when i was in seminary you know, I had my own journey, and I'd lived life, and I'd worked in a, you know, a regular, 
you know, vocation, sec, call it secular, I don't know which way, it's still, it's a, it was a life, and it was in my late 20s that I went into ministry, and it was in my mid-30s, so I already had a wife and some children and a yep. home and when I went to seminary. And so I remember going there, and I was already thinking about this work that we do with Besters for Christ, and I would just say, you know, I'm more of an evangelist guy, and I wasn't necessarily thinking I need to be a local pastor. Yeah. and But, you know, I was always in the radar somewhere, like maybe you need to be thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I had this class at seminary, and this adjunct professor comes in, Neat guy. It, it was, we were talking about church. It was actually, I think the name of the class was called Church Dynamics, but it was talking about dynamics within churches, church yeah. structure, ecclesiology, yeah. how structures work, yeah. how churches work. And he, the first night of the class, he said, If there's anything I can do in this class, he said, It's my goal is to talk you out of being in the pastorate. Yep. And he said, Satan, sinners, and Satan are all going to be against you. <laughs> Yeah, Satan, and he, sinners, and saints. Yeah. yeah, is that what I just said? I think you said Satan, sinners, yeah. and Satan. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, that you got it. Yeah, yeah. What I say? So whatever I meant, yeah, it's Satan, those sinners, three and saints. The three yeah. S's. Yeah, three S's are all going to be against you, and um, the only thing that will carry you through is your calling. Your calling. So, if I can talk you out of it, you probably don't have a calling. Right. You right. need to be convinced of this right. calling, which I thought really fascinating. Yeah. And my point is, yeah, because people all take these shots, right? Oh, man. But we're trying to talk about these expectations. And obviously, we're talking the application of pastor, but it could be anything. We we emotionally blackmail people, and it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. And we and we have no idea what they're going through in their life. We don't we don't know how they like what what's going on. Right. Like l- things that they just can't tell you about yeah. anyway. Right. You know, another dynamic here, and I'm not trying to get down a whole psychological road on this, but it's a real phenomena. And it, it works. Maybe maybe it is an emotional blackmail. It is, but it's something within people that's really interesting, and it's called projection. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of this. Like, okay, so let's say you had some experience in your life. You're you're a person, young man or young woman, and you had an experience with your dad that yeah. was not a good experience, right? And there was something about your dad, or let's say a coach or a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so you have this thing in your head. You're not today consciously thinking about it, but it's this grid, and it's this persona. Mm-hmm. And then that pastor or any person in authority, let's say, stands up and says something. And it like brings back those feelings. Yeah, and, and again, you... you're not even consciously thinking about it, but what you do then is you take that bad thing that you had and you project it onto that person. Right. Because they said something that sounded similar. Yep. Or they have a similar personality, and you make an assumption about that person that goes way beyond what they just yep. put on display for you. Yep. And you assume that you understand what the, what's going on in that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of idea. It's called projection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, all this stuff is so, and we're all do, we're all doing this to varying degrees. Yep, we, we that's the point. Are. We're not trying to point even out yeah, the yeah. people. We all do this. Yeah, if yeah, we're not yeah. Careful, and we're we're trying to say we all need to be careful. Right. This. We are, and and what's what's the mindset? What's the and this is where Jesus Jesus is very. I mean, just his his teachings are so insightful on this. Like, be a servant of all. Yep. Be, humble yourself. Right. Uh, give, give, give type of stuff. Um, don't expect anything from anybody. Actually. Right. That's kind of a, just an interesting way of thinking. Yeah. Just don't actually don't expect anything for anybody. Yeah, I have this resp- and I, I said it earlier. I have this space that I'm responsible for. Yeah, live within that space. Yeah, I got enough to worry about in that space. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I heard a guy one time. I, I remember Ray Ortland, and uh, I mean, he's written and said a lot of good things in life. Yeah, you know, and again, he's a man, right? You know, there's people have had experience with Ray Ortland, but. It was fascinating to me. I was so fascinated with him. I was at this little conference I was at, and he was one of the panel speakers, and we were all in this room together talking, and somebody asked him a question about some high-profile, let's just call celebrity pastor. Yeah. 
And it was interesting in that setting. He just said, you know, I just don't like to comment on that. He said, I have enough of my own problems and cause enough of my own problems <laughs> to comment enough on me. I just don't really want to yeah. weigh in on this other guy. Yeah. I was so impressed with that. Yeah. Now, there's a time you have to tell your people, be careful, this guy. It's a yep. false teaching or something. That's, But this was a different kind of setting. That yeah. Somebody was right trying to size him up and basically get him to say something negative about somebody we all knew was kind of negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. I like, I got enough to worry about. Right. I was so impressed with that. Mm-hmm. I really was because I feel like, like, like. I'm enough of a mess. I had another guy, another another guy I heard teach one time, and he said, if I could kick the guy that caused 80% of my problems, I wouldn't sit down for a week. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. It's like, okay, can we all chill a little bit? Yeah. Right? So, and I know, know, again, that some people struggle with this more than others, of just this... uh, uh, I, I would even call it a neediness. Like there there yeah. are people that that are very needy people yeah. and and they need a lot of attention and they however that worked with their childhood or their upbringing or personality parent, personality yeah. there's just a whole concoction milieu that could that could create somebody that just uh is needy. Yeah. And the issue with the needy person, it's something that you should try to to move out of is is good. Yeah. Uh, because if you're needy, you can't give. And I think the I think the the Good Samaritan is a perfect example of this. Well, you have to realize that in the Good Samaritan, yeah, there's a there's a lesson there of like, well, who is your neighbor? Who do you love? And and when Jesus is teaching this about well, this 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 guy in the ditch, and it's the Samaritan that comes and helps him. Yeah, like that's a shock because to the Jews, Samaritans were you know they're bad people. Like they're this hybrid. Born even supposed to let their shadow. Yeah. Your shadow cross them. Yeah. Their shadow cross you. Oh, and yeah. so the the fact that oh it's a Samaritan that helped out. Oh man, that's wild. Yeah, it was but a big deal. the point is, is that the good Samaritan, people don't maybe pick up on this. He had the ability to help the guy in need. He had the money. He had the bag of money yeah. to say, nope, uh, take care of him. I'll pay for everything. Da 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 da. So if you're in a deficit and you're needy, mm. you don't actually have the surplus. So we could talk emotionally. We could talk time-wise. We could talk whatever. Mm-hmm. We could talk financially. Uh, you don't have the surplus to give and to to be the guy that helps people out. Mm. And so if you're always in this constant state of neediness, uh, one, it, it it so primes you for this whole experience of uh, feeling that bitterness and resentment because people aren't meeting your expectations. Right. But if you if you are diligent on pursuing Christ, being humble, uh, being the type of person that again is a servant yeah. of all, right, and, and and sees others as more significant than themselves, right, and more important than themselves, yeah. Well. <laughs> You don't really have an expectation of anybody. Yeah, you're the guy that that is giving, and yeah. giving. And well, well, you know, another part of that then too, Sam, is that I think what happens here, and I want to be sensitive to you, even as you say, there might be somebody listening that it finds himself kind of needy. Yeah, they're in that situation, right? And they are, and, and we people, drift in and out of yeah, it. Yeah, and there's people that have yeah. had difficult lives, and I get that. But one of the things I would caution everybody then too, that, as to what you're saying, is that what we we tend to do with this whole idea of expectations is we can even make an idol. Yeah. Other than God, because God's the only one that can meet it. Right. Exactly. You, know, you see this. You see this as I get older in in my life of say mentoring young men. Yeah. 
you know, we, we talk about that a lot. I spend a lot of time with the young guys. Yep. And I'm always telling them, like, first of all, every man, well, every woman too, is going to find out in their life, and they go maybe they go through this chapter, maybe say in their 20s or 30s. Some people never get out of it. But to find out that your parents weren't all that. Right. And they had, you find out, because when, they're, when you're really young, right, your dad walks on water. Yeah, you think they're great. But then you find out, oh, they didn't know so much. Yeah. Well, no, of course they always knew they didn't in some ways. Yeah. Um, and you got to work through that because then you realize that 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 is the parent that God gave you yeah. for a purpose. Yeah. And they did have a lot of wonderful things about them. Yeah. They actually did. Yeah. Yeah. They had weakness because they're frail. They're sinful. Well, the same then thing gets projected onto um, other men because what happens is like I'll become say a friend of a oh, I'm an older man of a younger guy. Like say you and I have this relationship, mm-hmm. and you could call it mentoring, you can call it whatever. There's a mutual horizontal part too but there is a sense you're, yeah you're, you're the older me. man you're my elder yep and yep. there's a sense in which you know we joke about it like you know you're my adopted son or something. <laughs> I mean, we sometimes have these moments but but the funny part about it is is then there can be those expectations on a younger man on an older man yeah is if i walk on water right they hear me preach or they hear me teach and they ooh, yeah well they don't have to live with me right and i warn like if you had to come and actually hang out with me <laughs> you'd find out like i'm not all that <laughs> Yeah, you're laughing because you know. Well, but but it's, it's true. true of but every true. single person. But this is I'm true. That's why this whole again the social media world's weird. You can watch this guy on YouTube, and he's an incredible preacher. Yeah, and he's in his best shining moment on the planet. He is. He's yeah. standing up there in the pulpit. He's primed before the Lord. He's walking in the Spirit. He's got this message that comes from God. But you don't have to hang out with that guy every day, right? And then you find out if you did. Oh, yeah. He's not all that. Of course, <laughs> of course he's not. He's not. <laughs> and so I tell these young guys, like, no, this is why in your life, first of all, you learn to be grateful to your parents. That's something about honoring your mother and father. Yeah, God you're, says you're that. You're just commanded to honor them. And there's a reason. And yep. because God has sovereignly chosen to give you those parents for purposes. Yep. For and they, brought you, you, they brought you into this world. Yep. And then you may have a handful of men in your life hopefully you will pursue that yeah three four five like i tell you sam you're gonna say say by the time you're 40 or 50 you'll say here are the half a dozen men yep. who had an influence on my life yep and and this is what i got what god allowed me to get from this guy and yep. this guy and this guy and then, yes there's nobody that's like jesus exactly. <laughs> there's nobody that's going to give you everything you need it's, uh, yeah, it just yeah. it doesn't work it's just a, and even in this it's not a fair point, expectation even jesus again the whole point even jesus only was able to pour into a handful of guys even then even then perfection perfection the perfect man so what do you think is going to happen what do you think what, yeah. do, you, what do you expect so, from your so, pastor so so, so I don't know if this is the time. I'd like to flip this just quickly, just, yeah, do it. just to a passage. Well, what happens if you're on the receiving end of this emotional blackmail? Like it's being leveled at you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean by receiving yeah. it. Like it gets leveled at you. And you live long enough, and it'll happen to you oh, too. Oh, happens all the time. It's so frustrating. And one of the passages I always go to that has really been a key passage in my life in this area is First Peter chapter two, where literally this is a fascinating passage. First Peter two. And I'll just jump in at like verse 18, okay? And he says this, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Okay, mm-hmm. your job is to, okay, and he'll say here, For this finds favor if, for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Yeah. So you may have a bad master. Yeah. 
But you, for the sake of conscience before God, try to honor that person, try to be a good employee. Yep. That's the whole idea here. Okay. Now, then he goes on, for what credit is there if you if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? So you 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 kind of called this on yourself. Yep. But then he says, But if when you do what is right, so you've done everything you're on your end. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the person receiving this emotional blackmail against them. Mm-hmm. But you look at it and you go, you know, I've done everything I know how mm-hmm. rightly. And he says, but if when you do what is right and suffer for it, mm-hmm. you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Mm-hmm. So in other words, somebody's upset with me mm-hmm. and it turns into an emotional blackmail. How mm-hmm. do I deal with that mm-hmm. on my end? So I don't become bitter in in you know, critical and unforgiving of them. Right. Which Lash is the natural tendency. Which is the natural tendency. Yeah. We've all probably Repay done that evil too. for evil. We've probably all done that. Yep. So what's the answer to this? So this is what's fascinating to me. So you go to verse 21, 1 Peter 2. Literally, think of this. When you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, it finds favor with God. It's not just neutral. It's favor. You get favor for enduring this. And look what he says. For you've been called for this purpose. You've been called to do the right thing and literally to suffer unjustly. Yeah. Which is what? Well, look what he says. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth that Jesus was perfect. He actually didn't do anything. He didn't even have to question whether he did anything wrong. He didn't. And it said, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Yeah. So the point is, is that people are going to level something at you, emotional blackmail. And it's fair as a fallen man, different than Jesus, to question, you know, could I have done something different here? But even then, if I look at it and go, you know, I don't think I've done anything. I, 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 I can't see it. Yeah. You endure that, you suffer that like Christ, Yep. you don't retaliate, Right. and what do you do? You entrust yourself to him who judges righteously, mm-hmm. like God knows. Yep. God knows. I don't need to- Make this all right. Make it all right. Yep. Again, that doesn't mean there aren't times that you do go have that conversation. Right. But you try to keep peace with all men. Mm-hmm. As long as it, as far as it- As far as it depends on you. Yeah. So you do what you can. If this gets leveled at you, and it will. Oh, it will. You entrust yourself to him who judges justly. Yeah. Judges righteously. It's like, no, God knows. Yeah. So I'm just like reversing because it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So better to be, better to be in the position of, (laughs) better to be in the position of, you know, Christ in the sense of accusations are getting leveled at you that aren't true, or you're getting emotionally blackmailed than to be the one that's black, emotionally blackmailing another person. Yeah. I mean. That's good. Yeah. So just be be very watchful over your own heart and your own desires and your own expectations of other people. Uh, ro- just roll with the punches. The world is a world of change and, and unexpected th- events. You know you can plan your days, but the Lord, the Lord ultimately is is mm-hmm. unfolding reality as He is determined. And you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Yeah. You don't know what the next five minutes are, are going to bring. Mm. And and if you if you think you, you can control this so perfectly, well, you can't. So, entrust yourselves to the, to the Lord, 
and trust yourself to him and in, in, in his judgments and in his plan. Um, and don't uh, don't elevate people too highly because they're also sinners. Yep. Well, and I think you said earlier before we began the podcast, you, you kind of said it with a chuckle, but it's true. Lower your expectations. Like you probably shouldn't have a lot of expectations of people. Well, like, if, like, and if, if, if you can bit, have right? in your mind, it's it's not like it's like black and white, but if you can have in your mind this this general disposition of having no expectations, you're going to have expectations. Right. We all do, and in some sense, we have to. Mm-hmm. But it's just a it's just a mindset, even, and and even in and also the mindset of I'm going to be a servant of all. Jesus talks about this. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about this, like. Jesus came, you know, talk about <laughs> the person. I mean, he's God mm-hmm. who could does have the expectation that all people will worship him mm-hmm. and give him what he is due, yeah. praise and glory, because he gave them life. Yeah. They didn't exist, and he made them exist. Yeah. And he comes into this world as a man, and he comes to serve and to die for us, Yeah, us wicked enemies of him yeah wow well you know i mean talk about right and you know i'm chuckling (laughs) a little bit here sam but here's how i think about this it's it's really interesting i don't know um what do i really deserve wrath and death i do yeah (laughs) and so (laughs) when i run into these things sometimes and i have my good like sober mind on in the moment i'm like like you know what i really deserve it just helps me relax and chill out. Like it doesn't surprise me that somebody's upset with me. I live in a depraved world. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually deserve hell. Yeah. And so somebody's got something twisted in their brain or in their guts about me. You yeah. Know? Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do much about it. Right. And I'm like, I actually deserve a whole lot worse. Yeah. So even so if somebody kind of goes back to Jesus, just rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny to me because, because that's another discussion. I was with, again, the young guys. I guess that seems to be a laboratory right now, but these young guys a couple of weeks ago, and one of the guys say, So, Dan, I just want to ask all of you here, you know, do you, do you think, do you think I have pride? I wonder, do you think I have pride? I, you know, I want to work in the same. I kind of looked at the table. I'm like, dude, we all do. We all do. <laughs> now, there is a place, right, to say, yeah. I, I think I know what you're asking. Is there an undue place where you're really, yeah. probably you need to kind of work on this area? Right. And I say, you know, and then we talked about that a little bit. It wasn't a big deal to me. But it's sort of a point if somebody looks at me and says, you know, Dan, I think you're self-centered. I'm going to go, oh, I want to sort of go, wow, you noticed. <laughs> like, it doesn't shock me. Yeah. You know, and again, that could sound flippant, and I'm yeah. not meaning it flippant. Right. But why would it shock me if somebody hung out with me and saw my sin? Right. It, it, I should, it shouldn't shock me. I should, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I can be self-centered. I can be a jerk. I can be have expectations I shouldn't have. I can go down the whole list. No, as a friend, you see it. Okay, yeah, I want to repent of it, and I want to work on it. But I'm not Jesus, right? I want to. I strive for. You know, I want to be like Christ. We all do. But, yep, absolutely. And I think what you're saying is, there's a horizontal grace there for one another. Yeah, huge. That, has be, to be huge. It has to be huge. And we, of course, we started this conversation. We were thinking about some leaders. We were thinking of pastors, yeah. and even that, right? There's just. Yep. I was with this guy earlier this week, this pastor, and I really adore him. And 
man, you know, he took his family and he moved to a new community because he really felt that's what the Lord wanted him to do. He sacrificed all this stuff yeah. to accomplish this, you know, plant this church. And I just think everybody needs to give the guy a lot of grace. There's a lot of people who have never done anything like that. Nope. And your whole family has followed you and you've paid a price. And have you made mistakes? Of course. And there's things to be, you know, discussed in the proper place. But I wish people would chill out. Yeah. But bothers me a lot. Yep. Like, you guys all have these expectations. Who do you think this guy is? He's just a guy. <laughs> he doesn't walk on water, man. And think of what he's done to try oh, to accomplish man. something. Can we all at least try to get yeah. around him? And, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what were, yeah, what are a couple of takeaways? Well, okay. One, lower your, lower the bar, lower your expectations mm-hmm. of how reality will unfold yeah. before you and how. That would be one. Or even question yours, right? And que- question. Lower, but look at your own. Say, what am I, like you said right. earlier, you kind of have to valid? stop. Am are I, these valid? I'm expecting something here. That's probably not fair. Right. right? Just yep. just play out in your mind. Yeah. Does this person even have the time and energy in their life to meet this expectation that I have in my mind? Right. And maybe you'll figure out that if you just think about it for a couple seconds, you're like, oh, no, that's, I'm, I wouldn't have enough, I wouldn't have that time in my own life to do that. Right. So, that's good. That's good. So do that. Two, if you once you've done that and you realize no, this actually is a valid expectation. Mm-hmm. Well, then you got to communicate it. Yep, have a nice have a good conversation. You have, you have to communicate it, and this is you know everybody, secular to to Christian, everybody says you know hey, relationship advice: communicate, communicate, communicate. Okay, nothing new there. Right. <laughs> if you don't communicate, well, that's a problem. Yeah. So if if you finally figure out no, this is valid. I can expect this of this person. They can meet this. I'm in the inner circle, if that makes sense, where I'm a priority in their life, whatever it might be, kids, wife, mm-hmm. spouse, whatever. Um, then you got to communicate it. Yep. And 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 then if you have communicated and they don't meet it, well, then there's actually some grounds for having a discussion later on in life. But the whole the whole not thinking critically about your expectations, then not voicing them. And then two years later, uh, because you're hurt and bitter, uh, emotionally blackmailing a person, that's what you don't want to do. Right. But that's what happens so often. Right. That's good. That's the good That's the good summary. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's it. We're almost at an hour. Hopefully that helps. No, that's a great summary. And then the other one, though, don't forget the other one I just said. And on the other hand, when you receive this. When you receive it. Yeah. And you're on the, yeah. On the tr- other hand. trust yourself to God. Yep. At some point, you're there's, going to suffer day. for doing right. Yep. And you don't need to always retaliate. Right. Well, you should never retaliate. That would, but there's not always a, a space for you to uh, defend yourself. Right. Sometimes there is a space to do that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a proper place to. No, wait a minute. I think you yeah. misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of times you can't do that, and you can't track everybody down. No. Which is really hard sometimes. Right. And and and, and that would be another thing I would say along with that part of it, Sam. Before you close, is that. Um, for people to appreciate that the, the more responsibility a man or a woman, woman is given, but in particular, again, thinking of leaders, the more high profile you are, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but like you have a higher position and yep. you're exposed to more people, yep. the more the possibility of all this reality happening. And there's no way that that guy can track everybody down and solve every Not problem. Not a chance. Not a chance. You know, you, you make decisions in life, and, and, and sometimes the higher profile that God's entrusted to you, you, you affect lots more people. Yeah. And there's no way you can track all those people down. No. And so. Grace, just, grace, It's grace. grace. There's a lot of grace here. That a lot has, of grace, has, a lot has, of forgiveness. A lot of forgiveness, grace, and then trust yourself to God. He can take care of the stuff that needs to be taken care of that yeah. you, you're not necessarily supposed to. And this is why 
is, I guess, one final statement. This is why it's so important to hold in your hand, and Paul talks about this a lot, that there, it, like Christians will stand before the judgment seat. Yep. You know, we think of Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting judged for your sin and being put in hell, but you will have to give an account one day before the Lord, even yeah. as a Christian. Mm. So you got to realize that whether... Whether both sides, whether you're the person that is sinning against a brother or you're the one getting sinned against, well, there got there has to be grace because guess mm -hmm. what? You're all going to stand before right. the judgment seat. And, and where we can get justice on this earth, it's great, but there's a lot of stuff that's nope. left undone. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that because guess the good news. This is the great news: is that everything's going to be dealt with. It's all going to be dealt with. There is there is that day in the future. Yep, and everything is. Brought to the light. Yeah, well, we said that with Beg earlier. That's why he would rather lean towards compassion than condemnation. Yep. Because even if somebody, a situation really did need to be condemned, let's just use that yeah. word. God will take care of that. Yeah. Nobody nobody gets off. Right. Ever. Right. Nobody gets off. Right. So I'm going to do what I can in this lifetime. But And that's why, well, man, we could keep going, but even American, the American justice system Juris, is, modeled, is, yep, yep. is modeled off of the biblical justice system. It is. That, hey, guess what? Man's innocent. Yep, until proven guilty. And that's why. Because we'd rather let a guilty man go. Because God will take care of it one day yes. than condemn an innocent man. Right. And it's the same. same it, it actually is a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle. Like, chill. God will take care of it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well. This was good. You know, what a what an important topic because we all wrestle with it every day even. Yep. Love and, your pastors, okay, guys? Yeah, love your pastors. Don't, don't hold them up. Imperfect men. Imperfect people. Yep. Don't, don't expect from them what Jesus himself didn't do. Yep. <laughs> Good grief. Um, again, if you enjoy this podcast or enjoy an episode, uh, we really would ask you to share it with a friend. It's really our main way of getting this out to more people is just by you guys who listen, you know, sharing it with people. You can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That will help with algorithms, I think. And, um, you know, if you want to learn more about our ministry, you can visit afci.us, read about our our read our ministry bios you can just read about what makes us distinct as a ministry because i think we are kind of distinct yeah. um so otherwise have a great day and think about expectations <laughs> yeah. bye